Well, amen, amen. Again, thank you for all of you who are here in person, for those of you who are joining us online. We are, for those of you who are first time, I am Ricky Ayala, the senior pastor of this church, and uh, we are in our th- third week of our current sermon series that is titled Marriage on the Rock. Now, if you missed any of it, uh, two weeks ago when I started the foundation, setting the foundation, when I read the scripture of Colossians 3, when it talked about women or wives, submit to your husbands and, and also for husbands to love your wives. And I set the foundation. Today, we're going to go a little deeper into another passage that's found in the book of Ephesians that gives us instructions but before we do that, when we're talking about the marriage, when we take the, the two shall become one, it is important that we understand that we're still as individuals, we still have our own needs. I shared with you before that when I was doing the premarital counseling, there were different types of needs that I speak with the couple. One of those needs are individual needs. You see, when the two become together, I remember the times when I do the weddings that there are people who have this uh, ritual, and it could be like the sand art, it could be the cords, but one, most of the ones I've done, if any, are the unity candles. Have you, any of you know what the unity candle is? Have you seen it? Yeah, so there are two individual candles representing each individual, their, their lives, and then it's, it's lit, and then when they come together, they grab the, their individual candles, and then they light the center, the unity and candle. And as soon as that candle is lit, then they extinguish their uh, individual candles, knowing that the two shall become one. And sometimes we miss at that becoming part. We think that as soon as that you are married, everything's set, you know each other so well. No, it is the becoming. It takes years. It takes adjustments. It takes patience. It takes forgiveness. It takes love. It takes so many other things that it helps us in our relationships. Again, it can help. Uh, when I'm talking about this series, it could, it's really specifically for marriages, but it's really how it can help relationships. And so when you do that, your individual selves, I really believe that in the midst of what we're reading today in Ephesians chapter 5, it starts off with our individual needs, and I want you to keep that in mind. Again, in chapter chapter 5, beginning on verse 15, it talks about living in the power of the Spirit, of God's Spirit. It says, so be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Now, yes, the only, when you talk about looking around us and we think about, man, there's evil around us. Yes, there's been evil since, the, since even the biblical times. And so the Bible is also saying us that we have to make every great opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the Lord in your hearts. When I pause, let me pause there. Usually, as you know, I love to sing, and when I have conversations, even my, my family, they, 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 they already know. If they say a word, I've already been in my in, uh, praying or, or worshiping God. Whether I'm washing dishes, I, I, I'm singing or I'm humming, or I put the radio on or, or Alexa, you know, bump up the music or something. I was like, I, I, I'm singing. But there are times that there are words that trigger me to sing. 
I don't know. It's, it's just me. It's, it's, it's what's in my heart. And, and so sometimes when someone says, yeah, I can only imagine. I can only imagine when that day comes, right? And then it says, oh, it's, you know, things are going well. It is well with my soul. It's like, no matter what it is, like, one of the things that I get filled is uh, like the song that we just did, you know, uh, right here, the praise band, and, but also just to center myself uh, away from, from my wife, away from my kids, away from my staff, away from church, just centering myself. I, know, I remember a song that's titled, uh, I believe it's called Here Again, when it says, uh, let's see if I can remember the tune. I'm caught up in your presence. I just want to be here at your feet. I'm caught up in this holy moment. I never want to leave. Oh, I'm not here for blessings. Jesus, you don't owe me anything more than anything that you can do. I just want you. And then it goes into court. I, ooh, amen, amen. <laughs> Danny was probably like, I, I can go and harmonize with him. I can go and harmonize with him. And I love the part, the chorus, when it says, I'm sorry when I've come with my agenda. I'm sorry when I forgot that you're enough to take me back to where we started. I open up my heart to you. I mean, just those moments, ladies and gentlemen, that it's no one else it is so important that we are living in our spirit, our individual selves. Sometimes we depend too much on somebody else. Well, are they going to church or are they getting spiritually filled? And we forget that we ourselves are responsible for our very own relationship with God. And so those are just a few, uh, a few songs. And in fact, for those of you who are online, take a moment to type in one or two hymns or songs that you really enjoy uh, that make you feel closer to the Lord in your hearts. So when we talk about the scriptures here, I'm gonna go back, open back up again. When we're looking at the scriptures, I love that verse 20 says, and give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. It doesn't say a few things. It's reminding us that in everything to give thanks to God the Father through the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, before we go into that verse 21 and then continuing on, uh, I love instructions. I love to go into it. I don't, know, I don't know about you, but if you open up a box of things and they have several pieces and then you, you lay it out on the floor, making sure that, you know, okay, you count all this. Okay, you got the screws here. Okay, you got this, you got that. All right, how many of you, don't raise your hand, how many of you would be like, eh, okay, and you just start at it? If you're like me, I'm the opposite. I'd be like, uh, before you touch that, before you touch that, let me get the, the instruction manual, right? You got to make sure every piece is there. 
You got to make sure that here, here's a, a step one, and I want to make sure that there's a step, if there's a step 1A, oh, that point A is very important. You know, you can't, and, and so I'm there all, you know, into the instruction manual, and then I look to the side. My wife is already putting stuff together. <laughs> I said, babe, you sure? She was like, I don't need those thinking instructions. <laughs> then you wonder why things are uh, put on backwards, you know? <laughs> but I believe it's so important that when we have instructions, the instructions also, it lends us into our marriage, and we're gonna go right into the scripture here, on beginning on verse 21, where it talks about now, beyond the individual needs, now how we're becoming that one, and becoming that one, and it's understanding our roles, understanding what we're responsible for as husband and wife. So verse 21 says this, and further, Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. And I love that, you know, in Colossians, it just talks about wives submit to your husbands and husbands love your wives. But this one starts off in this verse 21. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. One another. Reverence, when it talks about here, it is a feeling or the attitude of deep, of deep love of deep respect and awe as for something sacred. And it's because we are in doing it uh, as submitting to each other in reverence for Christ. It is not just a, a, a sacred something. It is sacred who that sacred someone is, and that is Christ. And so if we already start off by saying that, that we're submitting to each other, now oh, we, we can hopefully then receive the word that is about to follow. And before I go into that verse 22, I also want to share with you that this verse 22 has been taken grossly out of context by people. And yes, even those who are in the church, even some religions, when we're talking about for wives, wives, submit to your husbands. There are times that you would take it out of context, but oh, the Bible says it, right? And then so we, we, we think about submission of uh, lording over your wife, of, uh, of the, the, the uh, you know, not just overcoming, like it's more of the overseer, like I'm the one in charge, you submit under me, you bow down. That's not what submission is. So in verse uh, 22 where it says, for wives, this means submit to your husbands as to the Lord. But it doesn't stop there. I'm going to go into it. Submission deals with commitment. It deals with respect. And, but what happens is nowadays in, in, in our society, they think of a submission as something that is negative. And I want to share with you when I'm talking about submission, I'm not talking about you being submissive to receive the abuse of physical, verbal, sexual, any type of abuse. If you're getting, if you're getting that type of treatment, let me tell you something, get out. And I said it before. Get out, go into a safe place, take care, be healthy, take care of yourself because a husband that loves his wife should not be lording over her, should not be treating her in an abusive manner. So if we, I just want to make sure I share that. That's not what I'm talking about and that's certainly, that's not what the Bible is saying when it, when it, to, the, to the wives to submit to your husbands. It says, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. Why? On verse 23, it continues on to say this. 
It says, for a husband is the head of his wife as Christ is the head of the church. He is the savior of his body, the church. As the church submits to Christ, so wives should submit to your husbands in everything. Again, and when I say everything, I already talked about, you know, I'm, talking, I'm, I'm not talking about the abuse. I'm not talking about being treated harshly. That's, that's aside. It's people who are, spirit, uh, who are living spirit-filled lives and understanding that even if we raise our voice, even if we are feeling we're going to, in the route of mistreating or, or not protecting our relationship, when we are close to God, there is something within us. It is a spirit that is speaking to us and saying, something's wrong. Stop where you are being led by the Spirit. One of the Christian counselors, as I was preparing for this message, he and I connected, and he shared this with me. He says, I find that most women dislike being told to submit to anyone. We talk about what it means to be submissive. I understand that submission, as used in the book of Ephesians, means to be committed and dedicated to your husband. It also means to accept the role of a woman in the marriage. Submit to your husbands means respect. It means to help them out. It means to support. In the military terms, it is for the wives to have the husband. They, they, they got your six. That means they got your back. And there are even times when being a submissive to your husband is to push them. But please, not, not off the cliff or anything like that, okay? <laughs> Many of you know that when I got appointed here in 2017, man, I went to a roller coaster, eight days of a roller coaster emotional ride. And my wife was in, in, in looking and she was the blunt, received the blunt of like, yes, I can do this. And then another day I'd be like, I don't know, it's, it's, it's a large church or man, I don't, I've never had that many staff. And all of a sudden the next day I'd be like, I can do this because I've been in the military. I, I've led soldiers and I've led this. It's like, and then the next day it was just an emotional. And until it came like an eighth day, my wife was like, she, she pushed me. She pushed me enough to say, go, leave it. Get out of that emotional roller coaster ride. If God is appointing you there, God's going to provide a way. God's going to provide the tools. Just go. And at that very, that was that day, that last day, as she pushed me, it was more of a help. It was more of a support. I still remember that day. And here, I can't believe what's going on five years since I've been here. It takes sometimes, you know, a push from, the, from your wife, my wife specifically to push me, and then that's part of submitting. As I was preparing for this, it was in, uh, I, I was reading several articles, and there was one, I believe, it was from the Bible.org. It says, a few years ago, a Russian newspaper reported a lighthearted poll of 100 Soviet households. In 90 of the homes, the wife described herself as the head of the family, and the husband agreed. <laughs> then it says in nine of the families the husband said he was the boss and the wife disagreed <laughs> if 
The only husband whose wife named him as the head of the family was told by the newspaper that he had won an award. When asked to select his prize, he turned to his wife and said, which one shall I choose? <laughs> Let me talk about the husbands. For husbands, this means love your wives just as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her. Let me pause there for a moment. Love also means sacrifice. Love also means that if it came to a point, would you die for your wife? I'm speaking to your husbands. To love your wife, what does that mean? When I was 18 years old and got married, no facial hair, as I've mentioned before, I didn't know what I was getting really myself into. The only thing I knew was like, I, I, I want to live my life with this beautiful woman that I have met. But I didn't know. What is a love? So it's easy enough, and I've read this through weddings as well. I'm gonna, it's not going to be on the bottom of the, of the screens, but in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, it speaks about love. And in 13, beginning on verse 4, it said love, if I can just find it here. Excuse me a moment. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, beginning on verse 4. Here we go. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable and it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up. I'll say it again if, you, if someone needs to hear that. Love never gives up and never loses faith. It is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. Husbands, love your wives. Doesn't mention it here, but love also nourishes. Husbands, we are to feed our wives. We are to protect her. We are to help her. We are to hold her and caress her. We are to provide for her. We are to sacrifice ourselves for her. And I don't know about you, and I don't need for the, the, for the wives to put their hands up, but wives, if, if your husband did that for you, if your husband made sure that you were taken care of, if your husband oh, made sure that, there, that, you, there was, that uh, he provided, if your husband made sure that he helped you out, if your husband made sure that you were held and embraced, if your husband just sat down and listened to the moments that you were just wanting to talk, if your husband did that, would it make any difference? or would it, would it make a difference if you're saying, you know what, I'm okay to submit to someone who cares for me, who loves me, who wants to, who also respects me. But what happens is when there was an, there's an unbalance in the relationship, that's when you got the conflicts. 
Ladies, if your man did those things for you, again, I believe you wouldn't have so much of a problem submitting to him. And again, the submitting is not to be lord over. To love your spouse, to love your wife. And I know that tomorrow we're talking about Valentine's Day, you know, and, and, and yeah, I got the red on, you know, and, and it, it's all good. But, but l- let, me talk, let me talk to the husbands a minute here. Some of you are scrambling, and please do not raise your hand and do not indicate anything to your wife. <laughs> because you know what <laughs> you know what kind of chocolate they like, you know what type of flowers they like, and you're scrambling because you don't have it. And you're wondering, like, does this store have it? And they don't have it. And you go to another one, they don't have it. And all of a sudden, you got to go around and, and you're scrambling to find her a, a spot or maybe you, you, uh, a reservation to a, uh, to a restaurant or something and, and you're having difficulty. Well, if it doesn't help you out this year, let me help you out for next year. Valentine's Day is on February 14th. <laughs> I'm trying to help you out here, guys. (laughs) Let me ask you, uh, for the wives, when was the last time that you told your husband how much you appreciated what he does for you? And sometimes not just saying, I appreciate what you do for me, name it. When was the last time you did that? Don't raise your hand, and I want you to answer. And husbands, if your wife goes and tells you that, if it tells you something that they appreciate of what you do, don't dismiss it. Don't say, oh, that's nothing. That's what I do, right? Don't dismiss it. They t- she took a moment to tell you how much she appreciated what you do. And what happens is if you dismiss it and you all of a sudden the next one you dismiss it and then the next one you dismiss it, be careful that all of a sudden she stops saying anything at all and then you start wondering, Does she even appreciate what I do? The same thing to your husbands. When was the last time you told your wife how much you appreciated what she does? And again, don't don't just say I appreciate what you do. Name it. What, What do you appreciate most that your wife does for you? And wives, don't dismiss it. The same Christian counselor I mentioned earlier also shared with me this. In Genesis 2, chapter, eight, chapter 2, verse 18, God created a helper for man, the woman. And I love how he, he, he puts it here. It does not make the husband superior to the wife. And this is what I love. He says, there are four individuals mentioned in the Bible to help man. The father the Son, the Holy Spirit, and his wife. I would say that's being in some pretty good company, he says. Well, looks like time is running out, so let me finish here. (laughs) I got my glasses on today, so I'm able to see that. And I do have to finish. I just pray, ladies and gentlemen, that this, this series is helping you out and giving you some pointers. I wish I knew what, I, what I'm saying here. I wish I knew some of these things when I was married at 18 years old. 
I wish I knew it when I was 19 and then 20, because at 19 years old and, and six months to a year after I got married, man, things got rocky. I wish I knew, and I wish that the, the churches would preach more about marriage and about love and how, and how we're supposed to be uh, our responsible roles of, of submitting to each other and, and reverence to Christ and for husbands to love you. And what does that mean? I pray that this mess, these messages are helping you out. And I want to close here for a moment and says, certainly we can try to do our very best. And I know that society, they want to provide other alternatives, what a, a wife and a husband should be and what they should do. But any type of the alter, alterations or, or the alternatives that we try to come up, if it is conflicting with the word of God, there's always going to be conflicts. As a spirit-guided relationship, we have to then, okay, Lord, what is that you want me to do? Because it is not on our own. We can try to do things on our own, but God, we want you in our relationships. We want you to be that third person. As I've shared before, it's like, let it be that the, the, the third, the three-braided cord. It's not easily broken. We can't do this without you, God. And I, I'm, we are submitting ourselves in your presence because you are the only one that provides a hope. You are the one that a great example of love because of sacrifice official love. God, I need that example in my life. I need that example in my relationship with my wife or and my, with my husband. God, I can't do this alone. I've tried and I've tried, but I can't do this alone. Well, let me, let me pray. Let me pray. Most holy God, as we come before your presence, you try to give us instructions and we try to not hear them out. We try not even applying them. We, we read them or we hear them, but we don't do them, God. We try to fight it off. We try to create alternatives to what your word says. And that's where we find ourselves in trouble. If we find a root, God, that it is not for our own being, God, it is you want the very best for us as you're the one that, that created the, the unity the, the, between husband and wife, God, that why not go to you for help? Why not go to others who are also struggling, but they can support each other, God, as we support our wife, husband, Help us that we can't do this alone. Lead us and guide us through your precious Holy Spirit. And we thank you for this series. And it's not about just marriage, even though it's blessing our marriages, but it's also about relationships. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, ladies and gentlemen, again, we're, we'll continue with this series next week. And if, let me share with you that if you have ever dealt with arguing or fighting in your relationships, next week's message, you don't want to miss. Uh, oh, all right. Amen. Amen. So invite your friends and your families and your neighbors to come here because how we can fight fairly, but we can up. Oh, You'll come back next week for that, all right? May God bless you. I'm going to ask you to please stand as we close out today's uh, service here today.